Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Discipleship Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with this lesson. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's lesson. Okay, we got to finish the return of Elijah a little bit on page 130 of Footsteps of the Messiah, if you have your books. We talked about the return of Elijah and the purposes behind that. One of the things we have to flush out a little bit is what's the difference between Elijah and then John the Baptist? Because there seems to be some confusion a lot of times with people. But I think if you can, we go through these passages, you'll see clearly that there needs to be a distinction that Elijah does return at the end and that because of Israel's rejection of Messiah at the first coming, it requires Elijah to come back, okay? So the first thing we see in the bottom of that page 130 is a, a prediction, not of Elijah, but of the forerunner of the Messiah. And many times when people read Malachi, they combine the forerunner with Elijah, and that is a theological mistake. You have to keep the forerunner separate. The forerunner is never named, Okay. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. That's obviously what happened. And the messenger of the covenant, whom ye desire, behold, he comes, says Yahweh of hosts, our Lord of hosts. So it's predicting the first coming, and no doubt Jesus came to the temple. He was a messenger of the covenant. What covenant was that? The new covenant. And and so the forerunners predicted to come before the first coming of Messiah. The confusion lies when you blend the first coming of Messiah with the second coming of Messiah. Okay, so let's go to the next page, 131. Some more information about the forerunner is predicted by Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. The voice of one that cries. Didn't John say that he was that, right? Prepare ye in the wilderness of the way of Yahweh. Make level in the desert a highway for God. Every uh, valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the uneven shall be made level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of Yahweh shall be revealed, and all the flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken it. Again, another prediction of the forerunner in Isaiah. Then we move into the New Testament, and you see that John the Baptist is clearly the... the um, the fulfillment of those Old Testament passages as the forerunner. Okay, and in those days comes John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ye ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern, uh, leathern girdle about his loins. It's interesting about this camel's hair. Again, that's what Elijah wore. And he, John's coming in the spirit of the power of Elijah. It is a Jewish folklore. We don't know how true this is. But the fact that he wore camel's hair or this, this furry garment, the Jews, or, or, or sorry, I shouldn't say the Jews, the early Christian Jews said that John had got that from Elijah as it had been passed on. Again, that's Jewish Christian folklore, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but he did wear the same garments as Elijah, okay? And his food was locusts and wild honey, then went out unto him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about the Jordan, and they were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins, okay, so preparing for the Lord. Then Matthew 11, 
says makes the same point. We won't read that. It's making the same point. And then the same point is true in John 1.23. Uh, so the Gospels are continuing to identify this. Okay. And then in one passage on page 132, John is asked if he's Elijah and watch how he responds. And this is the witness of John. And, the, and when the Jews sent unto him from Jerusalem priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and denied not. And he confessed, I am not the, the Christ or the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Okay? Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. The prophet was predicted by Deuteronomy 18, and Moses predicted the prophet. The prophet is actually going to be the Messiah. Okay? And he goes, I am not. No, therefore, he said unto him, who are you? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What say you of yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said Isaiah the prophet. So the idea is, I am the unidentified forerunner. I was unidentified by, uh, by the prophets, and I am that unidentified prophet. Okay? And then uh, we see this in Matthew 17. Jesus is going to answer about John, but give a typology about John. And this is where the confusion can come in. So watch this. In Matthew 17, it says this, And as they were coming down from the mountains, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man has been risen from the dead. That's a policy of no talking about this because of Israel's rejection, right? It's talking about the uh, Mount of Transfiguration. Okay? And his disciples asking him, When they... when when they say the scribes that Elijah must come for, must first come, and he answered and said, Elijah indeed comes and shall restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah is already come, and they knew him not, but did unto him whatsoever they would. Even so shall the Son of Man also suffer of them. Then understood the disciples that he spoke unto them of John the Baptist. Now, now, what does Jesus refer to? That he says Elijah shall come and restore all things. But Israel didn't understand about John the Baptist that Elijah had come in a different sense than what they were thinking. And the different sense is that John is a typology for Elijah. Because John has denied he is, he is not Elijah. And even Jesus is recognizing and telling them he's not Elijah, but he's coming in that form. And so in, in a sense, John is Elijah. And here is the crux of the matter. He would take the place of Elijah if Israel would have accepted Jesus as their Messiah. But he did, they didn't, right? And because they didn't, John is not going to restore all things. He will not do the work of Elijah. And God already knows this. God already knows there's a first and second coming. So because of that, Elijah must then come because Israel was not ready to accept him. Okay. So in this sense, what Matthew, Jesus is teaching in Matthew is that he did, Elijah came in a sense in a typology through John the Baptist. Now, a little bit about this typology will be explained later on in the next passage. So go to the next page. 
and he'll tell you in what sense he was. Okay, and he explains the typology. Matthew 11 says this: Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not arisen a greater than John the Baptist. Yet he that is but a little in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. I'll, we'll explain that later on in, in our passage uh, in the second hour. And men of violence take it by force. For all the people, sorry, for all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if ye are willing to receive it, this is Elijah that is to come. Okay? So again, he gives more information about the reason he can function as Elijah in a typology is if Israel will accept it. If you're willing to receive it, then we'll, he'll do the work of Elijah. But they don't, and we know that. So we move to Luke 1, and it'll explain more about this typology. Luke 1 says this, But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, because your supplication is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you uh, shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink no wine nor strong drink. And he shall be f uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned unto the Lord their God. And he shall go forth before his face. Here's the typology. In the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, which is predicted in Malachi, and the disobedient to walk in the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for Him. So there is a typology that John is functioning in the spirit and power of Elijah. And so if they accept him, then he will do the work of restoration and do the work of Elijah. But obviously they didn't. They rejected John. They rejected Jesus. Therefore, Elijah must still come then because the work of restoration has not been completed. Is that clear as mud? I hope because it's, it, John, people get confused and preterist and all these other types of weird eschatologies will take this and say, Elijah already came. Elijah already came because he was in the, in John the Baptist. He was coming, uh, in John the Baptist. And so, They'll, they'll totally mess eschatology up. If you understand Jewish typology, people can function as a type. Moses is a type of Messiah. David is a type of Messiah. Noah is a type of Messiah. They all point forward to a future fulfillment. And John did many of the things Elijah will do, but didn't do all of them. So he has a point of reference with Elijah, but he is not Elijah. And so based on this... And Jesus' words saying, if you are willing, but Israel wasn't. Based on that, then Elijah must come at the end and before the, tribu the tribulation. And we talked about that last week as he comes. He will be visible on earth and he will do the work of restoration among the, the Israelis in restoring their families together. I told you we'll have instant recognition of him and we'll know who he is. And... Uh, I'm not quite sure, but uh, but he must be given a temporary body. That's all I can understand, my best understanding, because 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. You, our bodies cannot go into heaven because they're sin tainted by the sin nature. So we must be given a new, a new body. So people are in heaven right now. Elijah is in heaven right now, but he's without a body. Everybody who's in heaven right now is without a body and they're in spirit. They're there, they're awake, they're, they're functioning, and there, there seem to be some form to the spirit that people recognize them. But if Elijah comes back, it is obvious that what must happen is God must prepare a new body for him to inhabit on this planet. Whether or not, we'll get into this later, whether or not he's one of the two witnesses, he may, he may be, I'm not sure, but as you know, the witnesses die. And if it is Elijah, he'll die twice. He will die, you know, in his previous life when he was here on earth, and then he will die a second time. It's not uncommon for people to die twice. We've seen people in the, in the Bible die twice, and especially the people in Jesus' ministry that died, like Lazarus. Lazarus died, and then he, Jesus resurrected him, but Lazarus died again. So it's not unprecedented that people die twice. So I, I don't think it's out of the norm to say if Elijah comes back that perhaps he's one of the two witnesses, and then he will die again. Again, that, again, it, we, we don't know exactly what, what, what's going on here, but he obviously, he, he's coming back, and he must take on corporality. But he cannot take on a glorified corporality because that's not in order. If you follow Paul, the way the glorified bodies work is that Christ is first and then the church. No one comes before the church. It's Christ and then the church and then eventually Israel will come in, in this marching order that he gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You have to make sure you stay within that. And that, that leads me into the idea then He's part of Israel. He must be given a temporary body, but not a glorified body. Because a glorified body can't die. It can't be killed. And, and so he must be given some type of temporary body again to inhabit this planet and, and make his presence known among Israel. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Anchor Discipleship. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has two other podcasts. The first is called The Anchor Sunday Sermons and is filled with pastors' Sunday messages. And the second is The Anchor Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoy this message and would like to hear them, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services. Rock Harbor Church also has a print-to-order merchandise store. You can shop for Rock Harbor merch at rockharborchurch.store. Support for all three of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Keep looking up for our redemption dolls near. God bless.